Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone. Our next guest is on a mission to impact over a billion people throughout the world with the different solar products him and his team have developed. Let's welcome the co-founder of Empowered, John Salzinger. How are you today? Hey, doing great. Thanks so much. I'm glad to have you on. John, you started your career working for the news as a controller, a video editor, and uh, eventually a multimedia producer. In the beginning, what interests you about working for the news behind the camera? Yeah, that's a good question. So I thought, uh, you know, affecting change in the world uh, was part of my responsibility. You know, I worked at ABC, uh, World Television News, and then AP into AP Digital, Associated Press. Um, you know, I did a lot of sort of uh, multimedia production, voiceovers, uh, news editing for hundreds of affiliates, um, as well as online. Uh, so introducing online in, in the New York office of AP. I just felt like, you know, giving a, a microphone to those that don't have it and some of the challenges people face around the world, um, especially in conflict zones, natural disasters, etc. So international news, I would say, had always been my focus um, and had been something that um, I felt was sort of a, a responsibility. That's what that was intriguing to me. Well, from the outside looking in, it seems like that environment is always moving fast. You're constantly creating new content and putting it out. Were there any unique things in that environment that you were able to pick up and apply to other roles? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, no question. So within those roles, uh, the sort of multitask, uh, the fast movement, as you said, uh, the ability to sort of pivot, all those sort of, um, all those sort of opportunities, uh, the way a brain works, uh, neurologically have sort of transferred into myself being uh, a founder of a startup, right? Whereby if you don't pivot, you don't survive. If you can't multitask, you don't thrive. So I think definitely uh, uh, those sort of skill sets uh, were, were sort of like a school for me, right? For the startup world. A big part of your role is building and leading a sales team. What advice can you give our listeners when it comes to building a team and getting the most out of them? That's a great question. So within the numerous uh, you know, functions I've had and companies I've worked with, uh, I've found that incentives uh, drive sales, right? So uh, mm -hmm. motivation is all based on sort of an innate urge of me. Um, and if you can align uh, success for the overall company uh, with the individual's success, uh, I think you're in a good position, and that can form in a number of different fashions. So it can be, you know, a commission-based structure, uh, as in lead generation. Uh, it could also be bonus created off, you know, top-line revenue, uh, or even bottom-line, right? So if there are costs associated with the sales, to ensure that they're also looking at profit. So I think, uh, you know, incentives are number one. Two and three, uh, but uh, you know alignment is also really important. So does that salesperson have the drive? Do they have the initiative? And maybe most of all, uh, are they interested in what they're doing? Because uh, if they're not, and they're not getting that sort of high from closing a deal, um, then they should probably do something else. So you find driven, motivated, interested folks. Um, you know, I think you're in you're in a good situation. What advice would you give someone? 
who has an appointment with a potential client and is trying to win that business? Uh, number one, you want to look at the deal or potential deal through the lens of the client. So what do they want? And if you can satisfy that, then it becomes pretty easy, right? If you only look mm -hmm. at the deal through your own lens, obviously you're missing, you know, you're missing the point. Uh, there, you're just going in asking for something. And so to me, that's not sales, you know? Uh, so what you want to really do is ensure that there's alignment, uh, with what you're asking for and what they need. Um, if you go and do a little research and some of that research can be on their business, but it could also be on the person themselves, type of person they are. What are their interests? How do they function? Uh, do they have a lot of time? Do they have a little time? You know, are you making sure that you're fitting your ask into their schedule and their needs? I think it's very important. Every sale is different is what I would say, but you got to do the research. Companies continue to evolve and to be successful long term, you have to be ready to pivot, like you said, or your company has to be agile enough to be able to adjust to the market. How do you try to keep your finger on the pulse? Yeah, interesting. So it's a lot easier now, actually, uh, through digital communications, uh, email, etc. Finger on the pulse, I would say you want to have touch points, right? So once you get your your solution, you want to make sure it's adapted to the technologies that are out there. And if it isn't, listen to the market, adapt your technologies to, uh, to something that's forward thinking and innovative. Um, but no matter what you're selling, you got to make sure, uh, that that individual is, is, is interested, right? So, um, one of the best ways to do that is that there's two, there's two halves of the coin in sales. One is selling in and the other is selling through. And so once you get the sale, it shouldn't end. It should begin. Uh, at that point, you have to become an account management uh, individual. You have to really make sure that, you know, after that first sale, maybe it's a test. Uh, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's not called a test, but maybe for them it's a test. It's a small unit order. Uh, it's a small dollar amount order. But if you account, management, account manage that properly, uh, whether it's personally, um, whether it's uh, into a retail store, and they're counting the pennies on the shelf and you want to make sure you sell through and you have the correct marketing materials. Or maybe it's calling them uh, not on Friday late or Monday morning and making sure you reach out to them when it's convenient uh, with some ideas on how to improve sales, show some other product, continue to talk to them, uh, but not be overly persistent, right? I, I like to say to be politely persistent, right? Uh, those touch points mm -hmm. are essential. So that's, for me, I think sales is, is a two-sided coin. If you don't hit both sides, you're going to have a short cycle uh, and you'll have to have a strong pipeline. Uh, reoccurring sales, 80-20 rule, you know, pay attention to those larger accounts. But the only way you're going to get those 20% is by paying attention to them and their needs and their ongoing, their ongoing needs. Now, your team at Empowered has a mission to empower the lives of over 1.5 billion people without electricity in this world. What sparked the idea and what was the initial vision? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the, the whole process, the company, the project uh, came out of morality, right? So uh, I, I myself and a few others, colleagues, friends, people I just met, took a trip to Haiti uh, shortly after the earthquake. Uh, just recently, unfortunately, they've been hit again with a hurricane. It's devastating. Um, the infrastructure there is really tough. It's rural. Um, 
the cities are overcrowded. There's not proper waste management, sewage disposal, electricity, you know, you name it, healthcare. The problems are dire in that country. So visiting there firsthand for me sort of um, bolstered my opinion that I was actually a very lucky guy uh, growing up in New York City with, you know, the ability to flip a switch and not have to worry about pulmonary issues around, uh, you know, energy poverty, et cetera. So for me, that was a, uh, that was a wake up call. Uh, and for some of the folks who worked with me at the time, you know, we decided we wanted to build out something that was sustainable. So empowered an interesting animal. Uh, it's a company whereby we sell a lot in the developed world. Our volume goes up, our cost of goods goes down, and then we can sell more, right? Because it's affordable and sustainable, we reduce our margins into the developing world where so many people in emerging markets just have you know, dire circumstances uh, and have to choose between dirty forms of energy or, or darkness. One of the products you guys delivered was a portable solar light. Now, that isn't that big of a deal here in the U.S. because we have options of different kinds of light. But for someone who is living in the middle of nowhere or off the grid, this means a few more hours of productivity throughout the day. Initially, what type of customers flocked to the product and how did the word spread? Yeah, interesting question. So it's sort of a parallel approach. Uh, actually, in the U.S., Europe, Canada, Australia, Japan, you know, much of the developed world were a really strong item in the camping world. Uh, because people do need portable, lightweight equipment that's safe and bright. Uh, so that's been helpful for us to drive up that volume I referred to before. Uh, in the developing world, and we did this in concert, I think our first retail account in the U.S. was Amazon, a direct sale to Amazon. Um, and in the developing world, you know, we've sold to over 250 NGOs. You know, Save the Children, Habitat for Humanity, Clinton Foundation, you name it, we've touch points with them. We've sold to the UN. Um, the reason people need the light is because it builds capacity. Uh, it allows them to work longer hours, as you said. It improves their health. Uh, the money that they would spend on kerosene, which is more than what you spend on one of our lights uh, per, per year, is going to go back into the economy. Uh, kids can read, so it improves literacy. I mean, there's almost nothing that the light doesn't sort of affect in a positive way, impact. So, you know, for us, that was real important. Uh, very easy, very easy once you get going, but the early parts of driving up those uh, sales in the U.S. are tough. So what we ended up doing, which was sort of the reverse of most companies, was we sold internationally first. The reason we did that are the terms are a lot better, right? So you get your money up front, right? You fund your orders up front internationally. In the U.S., generally, the retailers, yeah, the retailers have all the leverage in the world. And you're going to get net 60 at best, but sometimes net 90. You're going to need a whole AR department, right? And, and so mm -hmm. we've been able to get to a point now where it's sort of flip-flopped, right? So now we have really strong sales, you know, over 1,800 accounts in the U.S. alone. We're in 110 countries. So now that we have that leverage and the volume, a little brand recognition, now we're able to, you know, look for the proper, appropriate partners that have good sell-through and understanding of the brand internationally and look to show the U.S. brand as a success, and that becomes a little easier. So it's kind of, but, you know, by design. There are people out there coming up with new products every day, 
but most struggle to get them into retail stores. Now, you and your team at Empowered have sold your products to over 200 NGOs, over a thousand stores in over a hundred countries. What advice would you give someone about marketing and growing a company in different markets? Well, part of it kind of ties back to the incentive structures, right? So make sure uh, people that join your company internally are doing it for the right reason. With us, we're a for-purpose company. Uh, people care about the mission and at times have even cut their, their last salary to come work for us because they want to feel good about what they're doing. They want to help um, and, you know, make a living and helping at the same time is, is a wonderful feeling. Um, you don't feel like you go home and even the tough moments of the day, uh, they kind of wipe off a little, little quicker, a little easier because you know you helped someone who really was in dire need. Uh, so that for me has been, has been an easy one. Um, personally, I think building out, um, and, and motivating others is similar, but again, it's still back to aligning, uh, you know, we have sales reps, we have VARs, so value added resellers for lead commissions, and we have very dedicated sales staff internally that allow us to really move the product, uh, and through a number of different channels. I want to switch gears a little bit. A lot of companies are still investing in new oil and gas projects, while there's others out there that are preparing for a world without oil. In your opinion, do you think America is ready for a clean energy revolution? So I spoke to uh, a gentleman who was a, a climate change negotiator from the U.S. government who was in the recent Paris talk. He came in as a potential investor. We had an interesting conversation. Um, he said that America has to lead. It's not whether or not America will lead. Um, the Paris climate talks went only so far. They have to go farther. Uh, the adoption of clean energy, in my personal opinion, isn't a question of if, it's when. Uh, and if it doesn't happen soon enough, um, you know, I personally believe uh, in the science behind, uh, you know, the dire situation we're in. Um, next generation, if you have kids, grandkids, um, it's going to affect them, and I believe already, just through, you know, uh, water levels rising, the severity of storms, there's enough science out there for me to understand that I needed to do something actually to help out, and that's kind of why we went into a clean energy product. So I, I understand uh, a lot of the arguments around cost, uh, however, solar is becoming cheaper and cheaper every single day, uh, and it's a really great vehicle uh, a transfer from fossil to solar. And I think uh, later, you know, wind and kinetic and water and all that sort of stuff can pick up too. But at the moment, if we stake on the same track we're on, um, you know, this isn't this isn't going to be a pretty situation. Population continues to grow globally, uh, and you know, if resources uh, drop off. Uh, land uh, becomes less inhabitable, uh, storms become more severe, uh, food becomes uh, scarce uh, based on changing climate. You know, that's something that we're going to have to deal with. So either we, we choose to deal with it now or we will deal with it later. That's kind of my obviously strong opinion on it. You mentioned earlier that you went to Haiti after the massive earthquake and Haiti just had a hurricane pass through it. Now, there was some damage throughout parts of Haiti, but it's such a beautiful country. Now, there are some government issues there, but utilizing your entrepreneurial spirit and, and mind, what type of business opportunities do you see in Haiti for some Haitian Americans that may be 
thinking about investing there? That's a good question. Uh, the problems are daunting and obvious, and obviously Haitians would do a better job at answering this question than I would because uh, they're living it. But, you know, infrastructure is huge. So it's, again, a rural country. Uh, transportation is, is, is really seriously diminished over the years of sort of global neglect um, and not just the Haitian government, but sort of governmental neglect across the board, both globally and in Haiti. I think that much money uh, be, is earmarked uh, when the news cycles are there. And this is actually one of the reasons why I got out of news, because I didn't think it went far enough. But when the news cycle quiets, uh, it's really tough for those that are still in these dire situations. Uh, just because money is earmarked, I think it was about $3.4 to Haiti uh, before I even went there. Uh, after that first devastating earthquake, uh, the, the, the capital, the dem demolition wasn't even done. And I know what $3.4 billion does, uh, and it, it really wasn't being put to use. And earmarked is just another way of saying potentially funded. Um, I also personally, and I don't know anyone that didn't put money into that uh, cause at the time. It was such a devastating effect in our hemisphere. Um, you know, for me, it's just, it's uh, Haiti is, is an easy one to sort of understand because it's a microcosm of many of the sub-Saharan Southeast Asian problems. Um, one thing I don't want to do is make it sound like, you know, we're here to save everyone. Uh, I think we're here as a company to better the world. Uh, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of interesting things in country. Um, but easily health is a field that obviously needs uh, assistance, clean water, you know, food, transportation, a lot of opportunities in these countries. Um, I would even say information poverty for the fact that so many people have, have cell phones, have mobile phones now is a real uh, one up. So being a late adopter of that technology, they didn't have to, these countries didn't have to sort of, you know, lay out the, the, the lines for telephones. Uh, I think that's a huge one. I think if a lot of these companies, countries adopt solar, uh, they didn't have to take the other route of sort of building a huge grid, and being off grid is is a is an is important uh, it's an important factor so to think of in a positive manner. So if your light goes out, mine doesn't, right? So it's not it's actually a benefit in my opinion to be off grid. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity. Technology is always on an exponential growth curve. Um, you know, information is important. Uh, mobile penetrations above a hundred percent in some of the same countries that. Energy poverty is at 100%. So you got to look at it as, you know, these are they're real problems, but there's real solutions. And, and it just has to be an honest solution that takes into account, you know, appropriate pricing, right? Uh, and so mm -hmm. when we started this, I think I told you, we started as a morality play, but it isn't a morality play anymore. It's a business opportunity. And all those people that are off-grid, you know, they are potential customers. And there are more and more companies you know, looking at that now. And I think that's something that we want to prove out. Uh, we want to prove out how one can do that. And we want other companies to emulate us because we think that, you know, that's a more macro model. That changes the world more than just you and I can or just me and this company can, right? Definitely. John, you gave a lot of information that our listeners could use. And I look forward to seeing not only the path you take, but the impact that you have across the world. Is there anything you want to tell our audience before you go? Yeah, if I could, I'd, just, I'd plug our site. We have an amazing give program where people can participate. 
So it's www.mpower.com, and that's M-P-O-W-E-R-D, www.mpowered.com. You can read about our impact. You can also go to our gift program where you can actually purchase a light to one of our wonderful organizations that we service. We have 18 organizations, but on the site you'll find three. You'll find one that services uh, Kathmandu and the kids there. You'll have one that services female entrepreneurs in Tanzania and Kenya, and you'll have one that has you know global aid I referred to before. So any anything you can do to help out, we appreciate it. And if you don't do that, you just buy a Lucy Light, and we automatically uh, you know increase the ability to reduce our pricing for those that need light. So just getting involved, I think, is key. A great mission with a great cause. I want to thank John Salazinger, the co-founder of Empowered, for being on our show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, you can follow the All or Nothing podcast on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.